The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Business is changing, and new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show that brings you the innovators and trendsetters, taking us to a new age of marketing, media, and social business strategy. Welcome to Market Edge with Glenn Engler. Get ready to hear perspectives on social media and digital marketing that will help you gain insight into the unique opportunities and challenges facing marketers and thought leaders today. Now, now, please welcome your host, a Fortune 500 industry figure in the marketing and communications world for more than 25 years and chief executive officer of Digital Influence Group, the host of Market Edge, Glenn Engler. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Glenn Engler, CEO of Digital Influence Group, a full-service digital marketing agency that helps companies unlock the social potential of their brands and amplify its impact to drive business results. Today, I'll be talking about C2C marketing and Facebook's open graph with Angela Banlow, Vice President of Marketing for Extol, a leading consumer-to-consumer social marketing platform. As Extol's VP of Marketing, Angela is responsible for marketing strategy, including brand management, corporate marketing, demand generation, and product marketing. Angela brings more than 20 years of experience in enterprise and SaaS software, which is software as a service, driving successful market and product strategies. She's held marketing leadership positions at multiple CRM and e-commerce software companies, including Wide Orbit, Market Live, SAP Software, and Allegis. Most recently, Angela was the chief marketing officer for Levante, a leading provider of SAAS supplier management solutions. Angela holds a BS in mathematics from the University of California at Los Angeles. You can follow Angela on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Angela Banlow. It's great to have you on Market Edge, Angela. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Glenn. My pleasure. So let's start off by having you, if you'd be so kind, for those not familiar with Extol, tell us a little bit about the company. Absolutely. Extol is a leader in what we refer to as consumer-to-consumer social marketing. We were founded in 2009 with a simple mission, enable brands and agencies to harness the power of -of word-of-mouth recommendations and emerging social networks to drive measurable social marketing results. We now offer a full suite of social advocacy solutions that help brands turn existing customers into social advocates to drive word of mouth and measurable social marketing results. We help brands leverage the power of their owned assets, whether it's their website, email list, social presences, etc., to create social marketing programs that encourage advocates to share about their brand. This could be referral programs, social promotions, coupons, sweepstakes. And these shares create powerful earned media that drives awareness and word of mouth. So instead of simply pushing out brand-focused messages over social channels, brands are fostering consumer content about their brand to drive authentic word of mouth recommendations. So it's a ripe area, lots of noise from providers and agencies and product developers. So here you are as the VP of Marketing. Um, what's the day in the life of the VP of Marketing at Extol? 
So as the VP of Marketing, as you mentioned, I'm responsible for brand awareness, thought leadership, demand generation, sales enablement, product launches. And if you think about it, because social marketing is such a rapidly evolving space, a lot of what I focus on on a day-to-day -day basis is thought leadership and evangelism. We spent a lot of our time really educating the market um, and keeping them up to speed on industry developments in social marketing. So since you guys started, you said 2009, uh, and there's so many different social media solutions that are out there year after year. What are some of the biggest challenges that you faced in marketing the startup? Well, the biggest thing is really it's, it's educating the market and evangelizing about what's going on. We spend a lot of time providing best practices for our customers and prospects to help them successfully launch and optimize their consumer-to-consumer -consumer initiatives. Mm -hmm. And of course, we're rapidly iterating our products to keep up with market changes. For example, our last product release included full Facebook open graph enablement so that our customers could tap into the latest and greatest Facebook capabilities. So a lot of what we've done recently is educate marketers about what is Facebook's open graph, how does it impact their marketing, and how can they use that to really drive their marketing initiatives. So a big focus for us is really education and evangelism. Right. Okay. Makes tons of sense. So to help the listeners who may not be as familiar with the space, who are some of the competitors that uh, Extol tends to go up against? You know, there are a lot of people out in the market. Our approach is really unique to social marketing. There are a lot of companies that started out in social listening, like Radian 6 that was acquired by Salesforce. There are companies that focus on building out brand presences, like Buddy Media and Vitru. Both of those right. recently acquired Buddy Media by um, Salesforce.com, Vitru by Oracle, and then companies that helped build really build likes and follows on social networks, like Wildfire that was just acquired by Google. Right. If you think about what those companies were doing, they were really focused on how you build out your brand presence on a social network. We're kind of taking the flip approach to that and focusing on how can you tap into the power of your consumers to get them to spread word of mouth. And it really is a unique approach in the market. So we're not seeing too many players exactly um, competing with us in the space right now. So it's a great position to be in. Such a great answer. Makes perfect sense. Thank you. So you've been involved in the enterprise software and the software as a service world for uh, more than two decades. What initially attracted you into this industry? It makes me feel a little old when you say that more than two Sorry. decades. But <laughs> I, I started out my career You started when you were 12. <laughs> exactly, when I was right. six. Right. I started my career in um, management consulting, and I actually, we were out working with Fortune 500 companies to help them leverage the power of technology to improve their business processes and be more effective. And I made the move into software really to take a step back and help solve business problems for an entire market versus um, a single company. So I've been a part of the introduction and, and evolution of CRM software, e-commerce software, and now social marketing software. And what are some of the biggest uh, trends or technology that's had the biggest impact on this, uh, uh, this industry in the past, I don't know, five to ten years? 
Yeah, specifically looking at marketing, if you think about it, marketing really has been continually changed by technology over the past decade, whether it's web marketing, search marketing, e-commerce, and then most recently, social media and mobile. So most companies' marketing departments own all of these digital channels, and they're critical to customer acquisition and revenue growth. So marketers really need to engage with consumers in real time across the web, email, social media, e-commerce. They need to be both online and offline as well as on mobile. So marketers really, with all of this technology, have this amazing juggling act that they need mm. to perform on an ongoing basis. And then they're increasingly accountable to show ROI and across all of their different initiatives and channels. So it really is fundamentally shifting how marketers think about how they engage with consumers. Right. And then social marketing is going through a transition of its own where people started out really more with experimentation from a social marketing perspective, and they've started focusing on engagement metrics, whether it was likes or follows. Yeah. And now what they're seeing is that's not enough to really justify their spend in social marketing. They really need to show real impact on their bottom line and across the entire marketing funnel. So it really, it's been an amazing shift to watch from a marketing perspective. And changing every day for sure. So let's, um, if, if you would, pick a, a brand, uh, you don't have to name them, but, but some of the clients that you work with, Talk a little bit about the area, several areas in what you guys do, very intriguing to me, but the whole idea of incentivizing consumers or social promotions. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? How does that work? Give a couple of examples if you would. That would be great. Yeah, absolutely. So we, um, we power these social marketing programs and promotions for brands across retail, across e-commerce, media, technology, and more. And what we help these brands do is Identify, identify customer advocates, tap into all of their owned assets to be able to identify these advocates. So looking at who's visiting their website, who's visiting their customer community, who's in their email list, as well as who's a part of their social networks. Identifying their customer advocates, and then fostering sharing about their brands, products, and services, and then thinking about how to convert friends when they see these trusted recommendations. Um, and then understanding the ROI and effectiveness of these different channels. So um, really, if you look at the different industries and different types of products, there are different types of strategies that brands can put in place to foster this type of consumer sharing. And it really does depend on your type of customer and your industry as well as your product to figure out what's the right incentive. And I can go into a few examples of, of how that works. Yeah, so that would be great. If you have a, um, a product that consumers purchase on an ongoing basis, say hair care products, okay. a discount is a great incentive to encourage not only new customers to purchase, but also to encourage repeat purchases from current customers. So yep. Folica is a customer of Extols, and what they offer is $10 off for customer advocates if they refer a friend who purchases, and then the friend receives $10 off their first order. So a great okay. way to foster new sales as well as repeat purchases. Now, a different example would be 
a product that consumers purchase once or fairly infrequently, in which case offering them something complimentary is a good incentive. So, for example, Roku is a customer of Extols, and they make streaming set-top boxes for television. And what they offered was a free month of Netflix to their advocates for referring their friends. So a complimentary service that they knew most of their customers were interested in. Um, And then another example is giving some sort of free exclusive gift. And we have a a customer, New Relic, that um, sells application performance management tools to a very technical audience. And what they offer is uh, an exclusive data nerd t-shirt that they give to their advocates if they refer to their friends. So a very different type of incentive, and I have to say it's a very successful program for them. We also see brands looking at charitable donations, so it really is understanding your customer base and what motivates them that's going to help you figure out the right type of incentive to foster that sharing. It's so interesting. It's such the next generation of database marketing and industry that I was involved in many moons ago, um, but in the, the whole uh, you know, live and direct mail, mail world of member get a member and incentive programs, you guys are just making this so much more real-time and so much more linked around that social graph that um, it's the same logic around is it a, um, you know, is it a um, quick, quick decision type of purchase, is it repeat, is it very considered, and then how do you figure out to tailor the incentives accordingly? It sounds like um, very, very analogous. It is. It is. And it is really exciting, and it's exciting to see how much more these types of programs are taking off these days. Absolutely. Um, all right. So i got a bunch of other questions, but right now we're going to take a short commercial break. Please stand by, and I'll be right back with Angela Banlow and more of the conversation. Market Edge will return in just a moment. How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good to be king. 
WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome to the place your competitors get their edge. Jump on it. We're here for you 24-7. We're back with more Market Edge, bringing you the best and brightest voices in digital marketing, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Glenn Engler. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Glenn Engler, and I'm here today with Angela Bandlow, Vice President of Marketing of Extol, talking about consumer-to-consumer marketing and Facebook's open graph. So let's go to Facebook's open graph, which you mentioned earlier, um, and talk a little bit about how you guys have seen Facebook's open graph impacting consumer-to-consumer sharing. Uh, great question. Um, so if you think about it, social media fundamentally has shifted the way brands engage with and market to consumers. And Facebook's open graph is a formidable force in, in this change. So what the open graph is, it's, it's really a map of people's online connections and relationships. So if you think back to the early days of Facebook, it started with the like as a way for users to express an action tied to a Facebook object. Yep. So you could like a photo, you could like a post, you could like a brand page. Then back in 2010, there was an early version of the open graph that supported the inclusion of third-party websites and pages. So people mm-hmm. could like things throughout the web. Now, today with the open graph, it's been extended beyond the one-dimensional like to include actions and objects created by third-party apps. So mm-hmm. what that really means is brands can create relationships and interactions with consumers that are contextually relevant. So, for example, on a wine site, a user can recommend a wine or taste a wine. On a fashion site, users can want a pair of shoes or own a dress. It's more contextually relevant verbs about the brand and their experience with their consumers. And then these actions or expressions can be create stories which are broadcast via Facebook and they show up on the consumer's timeline, the friends' news feeds and tickers, essentially driving word of mouth at scale about the brand and creating these meaningful brand stories um, on the social network. So there were obviously, as most people know, headlines in the in the last uh, 10, 12 months around sponsored stories on Facebook. What's your take on how advertisers, uh, if at all, are going to adjust their use of Open Graph and the consumer's Facebook networks in the next, you know, 12 to 18 months? Yeah, great question. It's, it's interesting because sponsored stories really are the, the newest Facebook ad unit, and today they're the, they're the only ad unit available on Facebook Facebook mobile, so they're really a very big focus for for Facebook as a company. Right. And it is, what they're doing is letting brands purchase those contextually relevant stories and then amplify the the reach of those stories. Um, So as I mentioned before, it could be, I want these shoes, I own this dress, I like this food. so really what we see is by focusing on those types of stories, brands are building more contextually relevant stories and ads. And Facebook recently did a study with Nielsen that actually showed that recall of those of ads with contextual relevance is 50% higher. So we see that brands will continue to invest in those, and it is obviously going to be a big focus for Facebook. 
really interesting. Again, makes tons of sense that the more things are relevant and aligned and linked to your uh, friends and acquaintances, the, it kind of makes sense that that would pop. Well, you said 50%. That was the Nielsen study? It was a study by Facebook and Nielsen. Yeah, yes, interesting. It by 50%. So a couple months ago, you wrote a great blog post um, called uh, Social's Impact on Search, and um, huge topic, critically important given everything going on at, um, certainly in social channels and with Google. Um, how have, uh, actually before going to the, the details, what were you teed up three things for people to think about in terms of Social's Impact on Search? you just share that with the listeners? Yeah. It, it just just taking a step back, if you think about um, just the exponential increase in online sharing and really what it's done is it's changed the way people search for, consume, and share information. Um, and that's obviously what's been reflected in the search engine algorithm updates over the past year. Um, both Google and Bing now include consumer-generated content as one of the key factors in determining their uh, brand's SERP, which is their search engine results placement. Right. Um, multiple announcements earlier this year, Google announced Search Plus Your World back in January. And um, what this does is finds content that's been um, shared privately along with matches from the public web and gives users the option to search via their personal connections. Um, as well as the social web in a single search, and the personal results are showcased at the top of the page. Yeah. Um, now, what's interesting about that is the Google search results um, only include information from Google Plus versus <laughs> shocking <laughs> because we don't have access to the Facebook and um, Twitter information to be able to do that. Versus Bing, which took a different approach, which is um, they made some announcements last year, and then they made another announcement in May that really makes um, what what they claimed was it makes Bing the most social way to search on the web, and it now includes a social sidebar that contains related social updates from Facebook, Twitter's Windows, uh, Twitter, Windows Live, LinkedIn, and more. So right. both of the search engines approaching it from different angles, but really thinking about how that consumer-generated content can be incorporated into search. And really what that means for marketers is creating that consumer content around your brand is even more important than ever before. It's not only impacting awareness and word-of-mouth marketing and referrals and recommendations, but it's impacting your search engine results placements, which as we know as marketers is critical for your brand. Right. So taking that one step further, and since you uh, work with obviously both CMOs and the technology organization within companies, I have to believe, how do you guide organizations to think about metrics and tools to measure a consumer's social influence, if you will? Yeah, great question. Um, there's, there's multiple different dimensions to think about there when you're thinking about social influence. Um, really, the first one to think about is willingness to share. So is the consumer willing to share about your brand, products, or services? And how many times are they willing to share? And then what channels are they sharing on? Are they sharing via email? Are they sharing via Facebook? Are they sharing via Twitter? So the, part, the first part is willingness to share. 
The second is reach. So for each of those shares per person, how many people are seeing the share, which reflects yep. the amplification, so how many impressions is it getting? And then the third metric is engagement. So not only how many people are seeing what they're sharing, but how many people are engaging with that share, whether it's a click, a comment, et cetera. And lastly, but most importantly, is conversion. So how many people are clicking and engaging, but how many people are doing something based on that? Are they purchasing? Are they redeeming? Are they opting in? And that's, it's really that the core power of that advocate is, one, can you get them to share? What is the reach of that? How many people are engaging with it? And then really, can you actually use that from a conversion perspective in your marketing initiative? And right. looking at all of those dimensions, you can really understand the true influence of your advocates. So I'm sure you guys come across all different personalities of uh, marketers and clients, and we love our clients. Um, but uh, sometimes we've certainly seen some care much more about scale and number um, as opposed to quality and um, you know a small targeted highly highly influential group of um, uh, in this case customers or consumers. How do you educate your CMO clients or, or how to think about that balance? Yeah, that is, that's a great question. So back to what I was just talking about in terms of that, how to measure social yeah. influence, you really kind of need to get back to what are the goals of your campaign. Is it just to amplify brand awareness and get your name out there, in which case higher volume is probably more of a focus for you? Um, or are you really looking at how can I drive new high-value customers, in which case you probably are looking at a smaller subset of influencers that really are going to drive that engagement and conversion. So it depends on what your goals are for the marketing program. If a company is just launching a new product, launching their brand, focusing on that awareness piece and getting your name out there is an important piece of the puzzle. But if you're really focused on how to drive new customer acquisition, it's probably looking at who are those higher value influencers that can drive um, engagement and conversion. It's so interesting. What, a couple of points that you've said about the, um, I don't know, maturation is probably the wrong word, but the evolution of social and how to think about it, because I certainly remember the conversations where it was all about, I want to get a million fans, and I want a whole <laughs> bunch of likes. And now what, you're just, what you just walked through and talked about with willingness and reach and engagement and conversion, that is you know, classic marketing that you're just talking about the power of the, the social uh, influence in that entire equation. It's, just, it's, it's great. I mean, it, in some respects, it's, um, you know, a good marketer should be embracing this because it's exactly the way that um, they've been thinking. It's just fundamentally different given the technology and tools and the impact of the consumer. Absolutely, absolutely. And again, it's been such a rapid shift and it's continuing to evolve every day. All right, so just before I let you go, one of the things I like to do with the guests on the show is a speed round where what I do is just throw out some um, a technology or a trend and just ask the guests, there's no right or wrong answer, but a quick like what's the one or two words that come to your mind? Um, and just to, to see given the, your, your pulse of the world that's out there, um, so you ready to do that? Sure. Okay. All right. Let's start with um, location-based services like Foursquare. Uh, Check-in, 
keep in touch with my network. Okay. How about daily deals like a Living Social or a Groupon? What's your take? Volume, volume, question of lifetime value. Yeah, how about that? Uh, how about QR codes? QR codes, how do you embed them across multiple channels and work them most effectively? Mm. And what about, um, last one, the idea of a mobile wallet? Ooh, I don't actually have anything on the mobile wallet. Interesting. I'm hugely, I'm a Starbucks junkie, so the idea of having the ability to pay at point of sale and to think about the iPhone 5, there's hints about that coming out with the near frequency and Google Wallet. Um, I think it's a really interesting space down the road. Um, all right. Well, I want to thank you, Angela, for being my guest today, and thanks to everyone in the audience for listening to today's conversation. If you have any questions or would like to talk further about the topic of today's show, feel free to connect with me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Glenn Angler or on my blog at www.glennangler.com. Visit www.webmasterradio.fm at 12 noon Eastern Time on Tuesdays to tune into episodes of Market Edge. For Market Edge, this is Glenn Engler. Until next time, I'm out. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm.